0: Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative
1: entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode, we think you're going to love it. Stay tuned.
0: everyone. It's another beautiful Monday. We hope your week is starting off well. You know, Ayla and I talk about a pretty wide range of topics on this podcast, although they do always fall under our main categories of entrepreneurship, friendships and relationships and faith. These are the things that are the most important to us. They're the things we're most passionate about in our lives. And when we decided to start a podcast, we didn't want to shy away from really big, important, and even controversial topics. As you may have seen from the title of today's episode, this one is going to be another deeper, more serious conversation. True. Serious. But not
1: lacking in fun. If you are like us. I don't know why I had to read it that way, but I did. Anyway, if you are like us and you enjoy the mental stimulation of having great theological and political conversations with friends, then you are definitely gonna enjoy today's episode. We today are simply sharing our views on Christians getting involved in politics and even in apologetics, which is using science and history to back up your faith. And when we say getting involved in politics, we mean having political discussions and caring and staying up to date about what's going on in the political scene, being in Bible studies or groups that discuss religion and science and to have deep theological conversations as it relates to the Bible, even in church and while preaching as yeah. well. Yeah, that's right. Exactly.
0: I've come across quite a few Christians who believe that we should like keep religion and politics separate even within our own yeah. hearts and like that we shouldn't even discuss things like history science apologetics like theological debates when it comes to our faith like even with our friends or anything and you know so believe me we have a lot to unpack for this episode and you're not going to want to miss it but first let's go into community news okay so for today's community news we're going to share a couple of resources that you might want to circle back to after you listen to this episode or maybe while you're listening to this episode the first one is a website that has amazing articles and readings that delve into this very topic And it also has like countless other topics surrounding politics and faith and apologetics. It's called christianapologetics.blog. If any of these topics interest you, then set aside a few minutes to pursue that website. Go ahead and click on a headline that stands out to you. And they usually are only just a couple of minutes long to read. So super easy. And if you want to learn more about Pretty much any theological topic, or like if you're in college and preparing for a debate or something, if you search that topic on that website, you'll likely get a lot of good perspectives and just some like other resources that you might not have known about before.
1: Yeah, for sure. And another website that is really great for stuff like this is called gotquestions.org. It's another great resource for typing in any topic or question that you might have related to faith. And yeah. Similar to the first one just um, you'll be presented with a lot of great information and perspectives. One more I want to throw in here it is a podcast because I'm a podcast gal and one I've been really liking lately this definitely it leans um, more so political than apologetics like the first two were more apologetics. Uh, Resources, but I really like Relatable by Allie Beth Stuckey. It's a great, uh, more uh, political leaning podcast. And I really like it because she is a Christian first and then political speaker second. And she really breaks down, she breaks down obviously current news of what's going on today. So if something hits the news that you're unsure of kind of how to feel about it or how to talk about it as a Christian, she presents really good, like no-nonsense ways of how Christians kind of should respond to it, react to it, and discuss it. Of course, always converse with the Lord when you're looking into stuff like that, but I appreciate her perspective on it as a Christian first. She's really helpful with how to talk about some of the hard stuff, so love that. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging out for Community News. We hope you take advantage of those resources, and we're ready to dive in. Uh, so like we said, this is going to be a hefty but exciting topic today. Beth and I were going over our notes before jumping in and just like getting re-fired up about this. Like this is something we're so passionate about. So... So much to say, but let's break it down to what we're really going to talk about so that you know what to expect. First, we are going to share some of the perspectives that we've heard regarding this topic that we disagree with. And then we'll break down what we know truth to be. And of course, we will provide evidence in the form of facts, scripture and examples to the best of our abilities as we make our arguments. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So yeah, we're going to be addressing, I think, like two main points or subtopics. First is why politics and theological discussions or apologetics should matter to Christians and therefore why they should be involved in that and two gets more specific it's why should we vote or what Mm. does voting even do all right so let's jump right in um something that i think is good to start out with with this my dad likes to quote andrew breitbart i think andrew breitbart said this but my dad likes to quote this phrase politics is downstream from culture but then he goes a step further and he says which is downstream from religion so it's politics is downstream from culture is downstream from religion or faith or theology what have you Mm. Um, and i love this (laughs) it's not only true but it has so much depth to it when you think about it in the context of a person's theology, society's problems. It's just, it's so profound. Um, Like when I first heard it, I thought it was great. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, dang, this is like amazing. So it's a great way to kind of trace back to the root of a problem in society when you think like this, when you think in this way. Um right. But we're also going to use that thought process today to break down the ideas or our ideas on this topic. Um, and I don't know, like, Ayla, I don't know if you've heard that before, but like, I'm curious if you've heard that or like what you think of it. Right. But yeah, I just think that it kind of tells us that society's actions are deeply rooted in an individual's theological and religious convictions, which in, then in turn, you know, affects politics and how people vote.
1: Yeah, I think I did hear that from you from you for the first time oh. when I heard it uh, a few years back, like when you were in school and first getting more into the political scene because we weren't always super into it. But I think I remember when you first, like when you first started educating yourself on politics and stuff, and I was kind of more like, I do not care, uh, which <laughs> I'll get into. You, I think you said exactly that quote, like mm-hmm. it is downstream. Because yeah, I thought the two could be separate but um exactly yeah the way you worded it and i love that and it's crazy because like i said i spent most of my college and adult years just not caring at all i could not be bothered with anyone talking about elections policies all of that and not to say i care about everything today either there's some stories that hit the news that i just do not have the capacity for or to care about or to research and that's okay like you do not have to have a fully formed opinion On everything that hits the news, but in fact, you can even drive yourself, you can definitely drive yourself a little nuts having a full-fledged opinion on every single thing. Chris and I pretty avidly like have sources on YouTube and news that we watch and we just have to like, every few months we have to be done and like... Yes. Not take it all in, but in the last few years, as I've continued to deepen my faith, I've learned very quickly that the two definitely are connected. I like to quote again Ali Bastucky; she's the one with the relatable podcast that I talked about. She says, "Politics matter because policies matter because people matter, and what happens in our governments does directly affect us." So I think it's important to have an understanding of what's going on, especially as a Christian. You don't have to be an expert, but generally learn some of the jargon, like learn what's going on. And again, we'll expand on this. And I'm not saying you need to let politics make you angry all the time or even care about everything. But as far as some of the big ticket politics and apologetic topics go, you should absolutely have a stance and be ready to defend it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so true. I love that. And I actually didn't remember
0: that quote from Ali Beth. That's a great one. I'm glad yeah. you shared that. Um, and totally goes well with what we're saying. So yeah, I hope that makes sense that this is kind of like, that this leads you well into what we're talking about today. Um, so I guess to explain, we're just kind of combining politics and theology or apologetics um, because we think that the reason for caring about both of those is one and the same. And we think that they're similarly important for Christians to care about. So, okay. We want to address both at once, but before we do that, um, most people around our age or in college uh, don't really know what apologetics is. That word, maybe something you haven't really heard thrown around before. So we just want to explain really quickly. Apologetics is the religious discipline of defending religious doctrines, um, through systematic arguments and discourse. So basically that just means it's debating and defending the Christian faith using science, medicine, history, archeology, span and just facts in an attempt to show proof that God exists or further proof that he exists and show that Christianity in the Bible is like historically true. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've never heard of that, but it interests you, like we said, check out ChristianApologetics.blog to learn more about what that looks like, or just research it. You can Google it. But yeah, so just so you know, that's something we're going to be talking about today. It's apologetics, and that's what that is. So when we refer to politics and apologetics, you know what apologetics means.
1: Yeah. So now that we know kind of what that is and what the phrasing we may be using a few times today, let's address the main question. Why should politics matter to Christians? Okay, so... Beth and I have heard quite a few people express the view that Christians should stay out of politics. It shouldn't be talked about. Um, should be talked about in a Bible study, not from the pulpit. They shouldn't have challenging theological arguments or debates with each other or others. But we both think and stick with me here that is narrow-minded and dangerous we should absolutely be teaching our children to know what they believe and why they believe it so that they can go out into the world into college especially i can beth and i can totally attest to going into the college scene unprepared in this way um and be prepared to de- de- sorry to defend and deepen their beliefs. Another great famous saying that applies to this is if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. If yeah. we teach our kids to just have faith and we don't teach them to find the answers to tough questions and challenge their beliefs and understand how science backs up the Bible, then the first people they encounter in the outside world with an opposing view is gonna just cr- crumble their entire worldview, yeah. just like yeah. that. It can happen so quickly without a solid foundation. Not to say that faith isn't important. You do need yeah. that. You need an immense amount of faith sometimes to to trust God and trust the Bible with, with your yeah. life and with your future. Absolutely. Faith is incredibly important. But going beyond that and going into facts and knowledge empowers our children so much more to be able to explain their belief. I used mm. to defend Christianity with, oh, I just have faith.
0: I just believe in it. I just have
1: faith. Not wrong. I had faith. Absolutely. But that wasn't helpful to the people asking me these questions. You just have to have faith. They obviously don't have it. So that's not the most helpful and again not to say you have to be a debate expert or like you know sink time you may not have into this research but you should definitely be able to have more of an answer than just the faith because that doesn't click with other people fellow christians sure um and it also helps deepen your faith like i i used to be Mm -hmm. like oh i have the faith i have the faith and then when i learned when i got more into physical evidence that proves the bible and all these other things it just completely deepens your faith into less of a wishy-washy way but into more of like actual concrete evidence all that to say, the way you bring up politics in church is very important. Yeah. I've been to a church service where the pastor very distastefully, honestly, brought up something political and was kind of crass to the opposing, opposing viewpoint without expanding on it. It was just, I don't blame him very much for it. It was just a quick joke he kind of made. But in my mind, I was like, if you're going to bring this up, let's bring it up. Let's yes. talk about it. Yes. Um, you don't have to just like insult the other side. Um mm-hmm. And not expand on it and then move on. You're just being kind of angry, in my opinion, with that. But on the flip side, I have been to services where the pastor discusses really intense politics of what's going on right now, and what the Bible says about it. And I think that's a much more constructive way to go about it. Oh my gosh,
0: 100%. I'm so glad you said that. Our current pastor is super good about that. Mm, um, good. He has really strong political views. And we didn't really know this when we w- walked into this church. And it was kind of nice because he isn't the kind of person who just insults the other side of his view. He ex- he'll he make a point that goes with his sermon and he'll explain it. And also mm-hmm. he says, I love to, he says like, you know, if you don't believe this, you're not evil, but you are wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll explain yeah. it. With the Bible and with facts and with um, you know, even with empathy and with love. So yeah, I love that. So true. Um, and also kind of along that point, if you really believe in your faith, then you shouldn't be afraid to ask questions and have debates and challenge your own worldview. What is faith if it's not based in confidence that you're right? And if you're confident that you're right, you should be fine with having, you know. Conversations that challenge your your faith. Um, mm-hmm. You know the debates I've had with people who disagree with me. They've only really benefited me. Um, I've always either learned something new or found like a new way of expressing my faith, or I was able to share my beliefs in a convincing manner. And if we don't teach children or even teach each other, because kind of I think you mentioned this before too, like. When we're talking to other believers a lot of the time you know we're challenging each other and we're learning from each other so but when we're teaching children or each other how to base political beliefs on their faith or on the bible then ultimately their political perspective is going to be based or if we're not teaching them you know to do that to base their political beliefs on the bible then you know their perspective is going to be based in something fickle Mm -hmm. so If politics is downstream from culture, which is downstream from religion, then that means if we ever want to change the world or effectively put our faith into action, then we have to really get into politics and be firm in what we believe. So politics, which are decided by people's theologies, affect our family and our friends and our loved ones and even ourselves. So I think, of course, we should take care and take action. Um okay and then of course what is action side note here action we think is is voting and having really tough conversations with anyone who wants to have them but you know
1: yeah yeah we'll definitely be talking about voting coming up and along with taking action through your votes I wanted to throw in another way or two you can live this out outside of like voting season because voting can be frustrating if you maybe live in a state that does not align with your politics Beth and I were <laughs> talking before we hopped on is sometimes your vote just goes out into the air and that's just how it goes that's okay Mm. there are some additional ways you can really pursue and live out the idea that politics as a christian matter i would start and i also just actually before i get into the point that i that i put here circling back and just preparing yourself for like college and university i was not overly prepared about politics going into that not blaming anybody i just didn't really i a few years ago was a more simple time where i think you didn't honestly have to know Things weren't so polarizing, but going into university specifically, they are teaching things that are absolutely being pushed. And if, if your kid is going into college, you should be prepared. Like, I don't know, you should just basically be prepared for those standpoints because I went in not thinking anything. And then professors and other very qualified students are teaching things. And you're just going to take that. You're going to accept that and be like, absolutely. This professor is teaching me that. And it's not to say they're wrong or that every professor is doing this or every school is doing this, but I'm just saying um, (laughs) (laughs) it would be, it's just really smart to have a grounding for your faith going into that because it will be questioned. And if you're not ready, like completely. Okay. I'll get into my point because I do talk about it, but I just, I had to live this out a couple of years back. That's a good point. I like what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. Yeah. So... I would start outside of because um, we're going to get into voting, like Beth said, but some other actionable things you can take um, to to spark change and to be strong in this is going to what the Bible says about the top few things you're hearing in the news. And I know that's hard because um, the Bible doesn't necessarily have oh, like, what does the Bible say about the drug crisis in America? You know, it's not the actual specific things, but there's definitely guidance and wisdom and a like what. Likewise, topics that the Bible does talk about mm-hmm. to help you in that. But if you're having trouble going directly to your word, seek counsel from a mentor, a pastor, a friend, community, and grow firm in that. Ask questions. Yeah. Find people that you trust and discuss and ask questions. There's sources on YouTube. There's, there's podcast sources. There's so many things. And I felt to send out some encouragement before we move on. Getting yeah. into theology and apologetics does not mean that you have to win every single debate out there there's another saying said by somebody um Mm -hmm. (laughs) with apologetics you tend to you could win the argument but lose the person and i could make 10 other episodes about your attitude going into apologetics and defending your beliefs. your beliefs but in a nutshell it's not about winning or losing a conversation it's about defending your faith when it's questioned and it's not even always for other people but for yourself Going into what I was saying just a second ago, I got tossed around a lot in my college years regarding politics, apologetics. Like I said, I had faith, which is good. I never lost God in my heart, but I was not good at defending my faith at all. And unfortunately, I think I misrepresented God to some people. I had long conversations with friends that I had in college about creation, end times, the topic of gender identity, everything you could think of, and I don't agree with everything that I said back then. I didn't say anything horribly wrong or misleading, but I was very new to defending my faith in a college setting, and I think I could have been a much better representation of Jesus. Granted, I was also... Um, this is a different part of my story, but I was living a very lukewarm Christian lifestyle back then. and was also just kind of making up these false theologies to justify this life that I had to make myself feel better. Um, but also overall, I, I feel much more whole, like I dealt with that and I feel much more whole and steady as a person and now having better ground to defend my faith. And I believe it actually serves whoever I'm speaking with because now I'm not misleading anyone. Um, I should have just kind of said that I didn't know the answer to some of these questions yes. or that I should pray about it or ask somebody who does know about it. But instead, I was kind of like making up these answers. And I do worry still to this day, sometimes that I that I misled some people, but there is forgiveness and grace in that. Absolutely. Um, but another reason this is important going directly from Ephesians, actually, when Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, he talks about wishy-washy lukewarm faith in this verse and specifically talks about equipping the church the body of Christ so uh starting I'm talking about 414 but I'll just start a few verses behind that for context uh talking about God here and he gave apostles prophets and evangelists shepherds and Teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may, this is the important part, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, and by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into christ so Mm. i love that verse because it just talks about why this is important your christianity is not lukewarm it's not wishy-washy it's not well sometimes this and well sometimes this it's it's got it all laid out for you and paul is just encouraging his church to to continue to grow in that and to continue to grow in maturity maturity i think of um iron sharpens iron in that sense like to keep bettering yourself in that way basically
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I just really want to keep going off what you said and highlight that lukewarm concept really quickly. Cause like you were saying before, you know, the point of this is to be able to defend your faith and also to be able to share your faith, you know, like if you're uh, living kind of a lukewarm life, if you don't care about politics, then your life is going to reflect that. And it's going to reflect that you don't really care. And you're going to have, like you said, wishy-washy views. And that doesn't really give a good example to anybody else who wants to come in and question you about your faith. So yeah, if you care about politics, you'll have a life that reflects that and it'll draw people in and give you a leg to stand on when you go to share your faith. So yeah, that all, that is really good. I like what you said with that for sure. Um, And then I guess, honestly, this is just a side note. Right before we get into the voting topic, because we're going to transition to talking about voting specifically um, and everything we have to unpack there. But um, we've heard people say like you shouldn't be talking about things like science and history with religion. Um, you know, Christians are just supposed to have faith and not question everything. That was a phrase <laughs> that I heard someone say. They're like, "Oh, we're not supposed to question everything. We're supposed to have oh, faith."
1: Gosh.
0: And- <laughs> oh, no, I disagree I know, I so much. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Exactly, no, me too. Um, and so I guess then to that, we have two things to say, and you'll probably, then you'll agree with me on this. First, it's always going to come down to faith in the end. Yes, yes. We, we admit that. Science can answer some questions, and history can prove a lot of the Bible to be fact and not fiction, but in the end, it does always come down to faith. Yes. And having apologetics conversations doesn't ever deny that. In fact, it points out that every worldview takes faith. So believing in evolution Mm -hmm. takes faith. Believing in God takes faith. It's about making sure you really know what you believe and why as much as you can and being able to teach people on their level. And this is one thing that I love about um, being strong in your like politics and in your, you know, religion and everything. If you know... Really, what you believe in, why, and you're willing to research these apologetics topics. Um, if you're talking to like an atheist who, let's say, is really into science or history, telling them to, and you said this earlier, kind of Ayla, but like just saying, Oh, it's because the Bible says so, or Oh, it because faith that's going to do nothing for them if they're yeah, not. they will be
1: like, Cool story, I don't right. believe in that exactly. Yeah.
0: Or sometimes you'll even come across Christians who don't believe in the Bible, and so. You'll have to kind of then be able to have that conversation. Okay, then what is your faith grounded in? Why? What is your problem with the Bible? Maybe let's like unpack that. A lot of people talk about how the Bible has been translated so many times. That's why they don't believe in it. But they haven't stopped to think. It hasn't been translated from like Greek to German to whatever to English. No, no. It was translated one time each from original text to English, from original text to another language. So it hasn't Mm -hmm. been translated a bunch of times. So stuff like that where it's like be know these things and be able to meet people on their level and share with them and have these kind of fun but educational yeah. conversations that point to the creator and match up with science and history. You're going to be able to reach more people for Christ than if you said, oh, just have faith. It will always come down to faith. Don't think we're leaving faith out of this,
1: Absolutely, but
0: you'll reach more people if you can think in this way.
1: Oh, I love that. I watched a video recently of um... – like a, a street evangelist And uh, sometimes the conversations go really well And I don't blame the guy at all But he, he was having a conversation with a college student Who was like I, like, I have no evidence Basically that God's real Like you, you're going to have to point mm-hmm. it out to me Like I have to see it to believe it You know that kind of right. was just a normal kind of debate And the guy was basically like I, I agree with this point. You could preach this in church very well about about nature proving itself and be like, don't you see God yeah. in the mountains? And don't you see God in the clouds? And don't you see yeah. him in the sea? I agree with that as a, as a believer. But to this non-believer, he was like, no, I don't. Like, mm-hmm. I do not. And, right. and, you know, it's just kind of like, are you talking to a church? Or are you talking to somebody where like, yeah, faith and just... And just stuff like that, it's not going to, it's not mm-hmm. going to connect in the same way, because that connects with me very well. But somebody who does not get it, you know, you're going to have to come mm-hmm. up with something else. They want science, they want evidence, they right. they want stories, like, you know, they, they want something that's really, really going to um have a backing to it and, and resonate. Well, not to say there's yeah. not room for them to learn that later, but.
0: Well, and if I can point out too, like, remember mm-hmm. that God made everyone this way. He may, If he made you to be more in that way where you understand, you know, nature and music and how that shows God, then he also made some people who don't resonate with that. And mm-hmm. one is not better than the other. So it's also very, like, good to acknowledge that, like, who are you to say that someone's way of thinking is wrong, you know? Yeah. God made him that way. Anyway, sorry, that was, I know I was interrupting. Oh, actually, can, can yeah, I say one more thing? It. It totally related to this topic. What you were just saying reminded me of the book. There's a book called Signature in the Cell and it's by Stephen Meyer. Oh,
1: Stephen C. Meyer. We have that. We need to read it. I haven't read it yet, but we do have it. Yeah. Oh, it is
0: a hefty one. I have not read that whole thing at all. I've like thumbed through a couple of pages. It is hefty. That thing is one of the most insane, like scientific breakdowns of how medicine literally proves that there has to be creator. It It's mm. insane. Yeah,
1: anyway, so. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I was just going to say too, there are some uh, friends I know who are Christian who like, they love math and they love history and they love science, like, because, of therefore like oh my gosh this like gets way into it but when you think about math and like all these numbers and whatever some people take that as like of course there's a creator no human could come up with how complex this is and like that would not resonate, resonate with me like whatsoever <laughs> I mean I get it I, I do get it but you know I, I just have a more art brain and wow. I love nature and I, that's where I see God but some people really connect to God through math and science so yeah totally like yeah that's a exactly. great point and uh, to go into our next point here, the, another just reason from the Bible quoted by Peter, um, another reason to care about being prepared to have these conversations with people. Um, Peter says it in First Peter three fifteen: always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have like what that verse is so yeah. like it's so simple but he says it right there always be prepared to give a reason for why you believe what you leave so yeah. like again even the original apostles even though granted they were there for Jesus' lifetime and that is like a little bit of a different perspective but yeah. they still weren't like i don't know, just have the faith they were like no no why do you believe in this like yeah yeah. so it's a really compelling foundation for why we should be as educated as possible on apologetics and be prepared to have these conversations with non-believers and even other believers it takes time it takes practice it takes putting yourself in potentially uncomfortable situations i get uncomfortable guys when i have good friends of mine who don't agree with something that's happening in politics that i don't it gets i can get really nervous really quickly because i they're my friend and i don't want to hurt feelings but that's exactly what we're called into. And it doesn't mean that it has to be arguing or anything mean, I just like, I'm immediately very careful of how I approach the situation because I value friendship and that's good too. But not only, so like the time, the practice being uncomfortable, not only is all that worth it, but it's better for you and those listening to you. And don't be afraid also to seek other resources regarding this, other people. Like I said, Mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. If you don't know, like Beth said, say, you know, I don't know, but my pastor, be able to answer this really well or my one yeah friend who's way into apologetics would be able to help you i'd love to ask them and get back to you or we could all meet for coffee or or whatever something like that for sure
0: Mm -hmm.
1: cool so with that that's kind of the foundation of why it's important for christians to care about this stuff anyway we're going to transition into the topic of voting and going further into politics and policies yes um what does getting into politics or voting even do for Christians? There are some Christians who think that staying neutral is best or that it's best not to vote. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out without, without <laughs> chuckling, but yeah, that's what some people think. And that's okay. Yeah, we're going to delve cool. into that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again, like
0: it's not everybody, everyone has different opinions and this is why we're having this conversation because everyone has different opinions and we do think that there is a, a, a right answer But we're not just going to say that. We're going to explain why. So first to address that concept of staying neutral, because I think that's the most common thing I hear from fellow Christians who disagree with my politics is that they just want to stay neutral. Um, And in my opinion, the problem with that is that there's almost never a neutral position. So like in the best example, this is a really harsh example, but this just totally explains how you can't just be neutral on a lot of things. It's like the topic of murder. Murder is either right or wrong. You can't say, oh, I'm neutral on that, you know, because that would be, that would be to take the side of the murderer because yeah. you would allow it. So when you claim to be neutral on a lot of things in politics um, or theology, you're still taking a side. So I think a lot of people and a lot of libertarians, I think, have more of a neutral view on things. Um, mm. And a lot of Christians are libertarians, Um When they do vote, otherwise, you know, a lot of people who believe this way, they aren't voting. They're either like libertarian or they're not voting. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's why being libertarian doesn't personally work for me sitting out or opting out of certain votes or viewpoints or just allowing things because it's like too much of a live and let live like mindset. um, I think it just condones harmful ideas and laws. I think we're called to actually take a side because of our convictions. I think that if you have true religious convictions, then you will automatically have political convictions too.
1: Ooh. Oh my gosh, that last sentence you worded was perfect. If you have religious convictions, which you should hope for, and I'll get into that, you should have political convictions as well. Because there's no way really that you could be a christian and believe what we believe and then hear a policy and be like oh yeah fair enough you know like even if even if there's not much you can do about it it should still stir something in your heart for sure because again it's affecting people and oh i'm so glad you brought up libertarianism because i used to very much consider myself to be a libertarian i say very much it was like i don't know maybe less than a year maybe that i thought about that and um so not a ton of time but and i do still hold some of those values um the concept of wanting the most minimal amount of government, government keeping its hands off of small business and homeowning, you know, that strikes a chord with me, things that you can and can't do on your own property, homeschooling, other topics. I support, I suppose could lean libertarian. However, I started to question that when I noticed a lot of libertarian leaned, in, libertarianism leaned into everyone can do whatever they want all of the time. Right. And obviously, Christian values don't line up with that. Yeah. I think I was talking to my mom about libertarianism, and again, this topic is not what this episode's about so i'm not going to be getting into it but just yeah my mom asked me she's like well what does libertarianism say about abortion and what it does say does not align with my christian values because it would be you know the government needs to stay away from that too and everyone live and let live and kind of do whatever you want and when i come back to my faith and jesus and value of life that doesn't align so anyway not to get into that but it just um, i learned that libertarianism wasn't for me if i still wanted my political views to come from my faith, the more I got into libertarian politics, the more I noticed, yeah, that things like abortion and drug use were chalked up to, well, it doesn't affect me, so people can do what they want. And I did used to lean that way when I was in college. I was very much, well, so long as it doesn't hurt themselves or other people, people can do what they want. Um, but now I can't accept neutrality on big topics like that. Maybe down the road, we can talk more into specific things, but the overall point we're making in this segment is that a lot of hot topics require you to pick a side and to not be neutral, especially in the last five years or so. Um, I think things have really amped up recently and I think it's a lot harder to stay neutral and I don't necessarily think that's a problem. And again, by picking a side, I mean picking what to stand for and putting your faith first, politics second. Exactly. I love that. And I just wanted to interject and add to that
0: um, yeah. kind of a little bit of a yeah, specific point. Um, I have heard a few people who are close to me talk about like libertarianism and how they just as a Christian want to like live and let live because God gives us free will. So we should give it to others. And obviously in general, yes, that's true. But that kind of overlooks how the Bible does call us to like speak truth specifically. Like we aren't called to live and let live. We are specifically instructed by God to call out wrongdoings and to preach the truth and stuff. So like, that's a little bit on that. Yeah. Oh Oh, my gosh. I I love it. And
1: that's (laughs) <laughs> oh, and that's perfect. And again, not like you have to just like, get angry about every single thing coming out. But the big ticket items that are happening in politics right now and have been for the last 10 years or so, I would definitely, yeah, say, decide where you stand and, and decide how to defend it. Um, so the first point kind of going back into politics and voting, like Beth said, a minute ago, convictions. Yeah. Convictions are real and you should trust them. For those who might not understand what that means, because it's kind of a very, I guess, Christian word, but convictions, it's just like a feeling in your heart, usually from the Holy Spirit, that something you're doing or may want to do is wrong or something you've said. Sometimes you may say something that insults somebody and you feel convicted about it later now you need to go apologize. So that's kind of just um, what that is. Yeah. And a few uh, convictions are real and you should trust them, you should feel them, and you should ask for Holy Spirit to be convicting you. Um, a few episodes back, actually, in our episode titled Keeping God in the Center of Your Business, there was a point I made that I, in that episode, that I almost didn't want to share or I wanted to reword it and honestly make it sound like softer. Uh, and I was immediately convicted upon thinking that, knowing that if I changed the wording, it would not align with my values anymore. Wow. And if I'm going to be on the internet talking about things I believe, it's different when you, like, are maybe talking among friends and you're just kind of, like, trying stuff out and and seeing stuff, you know, just discussing, that's different. But if I'm putting my fully formed views out on the internet, it has to align with my faith and my values, and I cannot change it. So, like... And I talked to Beth about it when that happened. I was like, "Hey, I kind of wanted to word this this way, but I feel convicted that that's not true. Can we can we go this direction, which might be a little more hard to hear?" And we were like, "Yeah." So yeah. trust your convictions. Ask God to convict you. And then I would also add the second reason that it matters is we are called by God to further His kingdom, yes. and one of the many ways we do that is through how we vote. Now, not to say sometimes your voting options none of it's fully going to align with the kingdom because it's politics and all of that but you know praying and asking god what generally will be the best vote um and relating to the point about being neutral every vote we make will either further the kingdom god or further the kingdom of satan period like yeah i would say every or almost every new law or societal change is either a push towards god or away from him that's just kind of the way it is so if we have convictions then we should see how our voting is us making a choice towards whether or not how we act on those convictions and i guess with this as much as i kind of dislike it and it's hard to do praying for and interceding for your world leaders um that kind of goes along with uh yeah your action to vote and further the kingdom the other way you further the kingdom is praying for and interceding for your world leaders pray for the direct source of what's creating policy and change in the world full honesty i'm appalled at the leadership in the u.s and canada right now i would rather not be praying for them or i'd be praying mean things to them but (laughs) (laughs) it's hard hard. i'm not here sitting like just pray for your leaders like it's it's hard when you don't believe you know when you don't support everything that's happening right now but your prayers are powerful and you should yeah. be voting oh, like we said you should be voting to further the kingdom of god like i said and you should be praying for your world leaders even if you don't like them both of this will both of these things will help you further the kingdom yes. uh in first timothy 2 verses 1 through 2 he says directly, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Mm. Wow, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I, I feel love like I heart was heart shouting. Heart. I'm sorry if that was so loud to everybody.
0: <laughs> You're so passionate. No, I don't think you were. It doesn't sound like you were. That's great. Um, <laughs> no, I love all of that. I love I love the passion. And it honestly leads great into the, the I think the last thought I really had about this specifically about voting um, would just kind of be sharing when I was trying to decide whether or not I should care about politics and care about voting so much. And like the many debates I had with my friends and kind of just colleagues in college about this um, forced me to really sit down and think about like why I should care. And it really came down to this for me. I asked myself the question, do I consider voting an action? And I think so. I I, I think voting is an action. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if so, then I thought about this. If we are answerable to God for our actions, then we're answerable to him for how we voted. So at the end of my life, I want to be able to at least say that I did my best to combat evil in every way possible, including in voting. And I want to be able to say that with my actions and voting, I tried to do what was right in his eyes. So that's also a very simple way of just kind of Thinking about that and keeping that in the back of your mind when you're kind of like, oh, why should we care? Or, you know, it's an action and you're answerable to it. So,
1: oh my gosh, I love that. I have never thought about it that way. It's an action. And that's crazy. Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And like, so yeah, I totally agree with you. Now, do I think it's a sin if you don't vote? Not at all, no. not whatsoever. I would just simply heavily consider it if you're about to be of age to vote or you maybe you've never been interested in voting before. It's, to get really uh, patriotic, it's a gift to be able to have a small say in your country's future, a gift that we definitely did not always have mm-hmm. um, and something to definitely be thankful for. There are many ways to put your faith into works and this is one of those ways. If you're not sure... Um, Because I was in this place for a while. If you're not sure how to vote or what to look for when you're reading your ballot, ask an older friend, your pastor, a parent, a teacher, anyone you trust to maybe help you navigate that. Because I understand there's a lot of just like um, jargon in there. And it might be hard to actually if you if you figured out you want to vote, but you're not sure what to vote for getting some help can be good because remember voting does not just mean your president or your prime minister it's policies and actions that can sometimes that all matter and can sometimes be a little hard I actually had an amazing um government and economics teacher in high school I -hmm. was in high school during um an election year or actually no I wasn't but he pulled up past ballots from past election year and went through each policy word by word with us oh to teach what that means. It was Mr. Smith. If you're listening, Mr. What? Smith, That's amazing. you're the realest one. It was so cool. And I definitely think more teachers should be doing that because it helped break down some of those words. And you read this little paragraph of like what this bill would introduce and then how that actually looks like played out. So if you've got anyone in your life who's able to help you do that, I really highly recommend it because then you know what you're voting for, too. And you're not voting just for the sake of it, but you understand understand yeah. um, um, what could this could mean I yeah oh it's not really that important but the last time I voted there was a policy that I was gonna vote yes on because it sounded nice but then I talked to a friend and he was like, oh, this word changes it. So it actually means this, this, and this will be happening. And it suddenly wasn't something I would have wanted to vote for. So if you're nervous to approach it, that's completely normal. And hopefully you've got people around you who, who are willing to help, or um, you're able to do some research on it because it's, it can be intimidating, but it's definitely very important. So yeah, that's super great.
0: Okay, man, I guess we'll start like winding
1: Winding down yes, a little. Bit. I hope I hope it was easy to follow. I like, oh, I was getting so inspired as I was talking. So I hope I said everything I needed to say and that it was all good. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll start to I, land I think, the plane.
0: I think it's been great. I I have been hooked by what you're saying. I love it. Okay, good. Um, Ooh. yeah. Hopefully, yeah. You know, you guys listening, let us know if it made sense or if we just started going off on like <laughs> let us know. Um, yeah. So let's see. So I'd love to just kind of talk on that trend of society or Christians specifically in society for them to kind of want to just like let things be if it doesn't affect them. This is something Mm -hmm. that Chad, my husband, actually pointed out to me a while ago saying that he sees a lot of Christians just like wanting to – just like not touch things that don't affect them, which is not something I immediately noticed. I didn't see that as Mm -hmm. a trend, but he thinks that that's something that a lot of Christians do. It comes so right now,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah,
0: right, exactly. Um, And then you've mentioned before, Ayla, I think even in today's episode that like you felt the pressure to like, you know, please others or not offend them, which I've also heavily felt that. I'm very shy naturally and kind of a people pleaser in a lot of ways. So I always worry about that too. So Chad Chad made that interesting point. And I thought that might be able, we should discuss that too. Um, I think a lot of times they try to please others by trying to like look neutral, but in doing so, they compromise their morals. Um, And we talked about this in the God-centered business episode as well. Like how if you, yeah, it's really easy to compromise your morals if you make certain decisions. Um, And we don't always like it, you know, and that's the flesh and the spirit kind of being at war. But Mm -hmm. I like to remember Ezekiel 33, 8 through 9. And it says, if I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to tell them to change their ways, they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. That verse takes one second to put me back in my place and totally rearrange my priorities over any fear I have, over any nervousness I have. Like, Holy cow, we are, and this is where, again, the whole staying neutral, just live and let live, like free will, that falls apart with this verse because we are called to act. We're not just called to, you know, just love everyone. That's another big thing I hear Christians say is that the Mm -hmm. only thing the Bible calls us to do is just love everyone. Okay, well, first of all, that's not the only thing the Bible calls us to do, but also, it does call us to love, yes, but speaking the truth is love. Mm, yes. Love isn't just supporting yes. every bad decision someone makes. Love isn't telling someone that a harmful action is just a neutral one. So if your justification for your politics is that you just feel called to love everyone, make sure that it's real love and not just complacency mm. um, and not just like a fear of offending people. And you know, you should care more about how you look in God's eyes, not people's, because you are very answerable to your actions at the end of your life.
1: Oh my god gosh that's crazy that is so crazy i love that i love all of that and it's hard to take stances like this believe me i i wish so often that i could just live and let live because that's easier it's so much easier to just be like i don't care what they're doing like i don't care and i lived that life for so long for so many years i lived that well if it's not hurting anybody then it must be fine and i lived that um i i and that's one of the areas where i feel like i misled some people was as long as you love You'll be good. If you just love, God will recognize you, um, which is not the story of salvation. But if you just understand love, that's okay. It's okay if creation's hard for you to understand. If you just understand that we have to love everybody, that'll be okay. Which is like, oh my gosh, a whole other thing yeah. that I have discussed with the Lord at length and, you know, forgiven yeah. and freed for, but I, I, you know, it's it was easier in the moment to be like, oh, like, I, because same as you, Beth, like I can be a people pleaser. And so, yeah, yeah. and people a lot of non-christians i've talked to they love the idea of godly love in the bible the way that god loves his people so much and that sacrificial love like that does resonate with a lot of people and it is the main point of the gospel but just understanding that's not enough and yeah and then going into you know what love looks like to other people again jesus had an unconditional sacrificial love but you look at like everything he preached and he did not say you do you you do what you want you know oh like i'm just saying this and then i'll be on my way and people like to pull the you know he sat with um sinners he sat with tax collectors yeah. but yeah but he he didn't just he sit and eat and say, like table. i'm just gonna let you let's you go on he um to the to the one woman who was caught in adultery he said you are forgiven go and sin no more yes he yeah. didn't say go and continue to do what you're doing and i'll still love you he said go and sin yeah. no more not in a way to say like you're bad you should like but it's just you know there's obviously a loving way to to go about it but it's not just agreeing with something everybody is doing so yeah anyway um And like I said, not like I'm constantly storming street corners and shaming people and shouting or anything like that. But when I am approached and when I am asked about my political and religious views, I have to take a strong stance and defend why I believe what I believe. And it's so hard. But, you know, and I was telling Beth this before we hopped on this call, I have these conversations with fellow believers way more than atheists or, you know, people who don't believe in God, way more about being intense about my faith and defending it, um, I've had lots of conversations of like, well, should we, it's not really my business. Should we like blah, blah, blah. And it depends on the topic of what you're talking about. Like some things you, you, you know, don't have much to say about and you can't change, but I've had conversations with Christians about topics I feel very strongly about. And then being like, well, it's not really my business. And I'm like, it is, Jesus says it actually right here when there's an actual verse to back it up too. So, and again, not to say I'm angry at them. I'm just saying I have these conversations with fellow Christians a lot, a lot more. And uh, I'm coming from a place of thinking this way, like, I'm coming out of this place of you of um, being neutral, whatever you want to do, blah, blah, blah. And it's actually brought me peace and security to take stronger stances on my belief in politics. Wow. And it makes things less messy. Um, I can't remember, the Bible does say this in certain ways, and then we've heard other people say it, but essentially that there is freedom in boundaries. Mm. There's freedom In walls, there's safety, there's security. Because if you think of like the ocean and the waves, everything's running amok, you're tossed about, there's nothing. But if you're, you know, on a ship, you're contained, you're safe from all of that. There's peace within structure and within within boundaries. So that's why I've been leaning so hard into taking strong stances because it's peaceful. It's less messy. You know who you are. You know who God's told you to be. And I guess I want to finish this point with a quick... Quick story. I know we said we were wrapping up forever ago and then, but I just want to no, finish with a quick story, um, specifically about why you should be strong in your stance, especially when approached, because again, it's not like I'm going up to people and being like, what's your thought on gender identity? You know, it's mostly so when I'm approached, I know what I'm going to say. But um, this story that I want to share, it's more so about sharing the gospel and like missions. But the essence of it, I think, can really hold up with this topic. So I'm not sure of all the exact details of when it happened, but somewhat recently in the last few years or so, um, Bibles were delivered by missionaries to an unreached group in China. Unreached being they had not heard the gospel in any way, shape or form. Um, The missionaries told them about Jesus's death and resurrection, his ascension him ascending into heaven and command for the Great Commission. And the Chinese group was so excited by the news. They'd like been waiting for something like that. And they explained, when did this happen? Did this just happen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the missionaries explained when it happened, you know, 2000 and however many years ago. And the group was like, what? What took you so long? Why didn't you tell us? Like, what took you so long? And that got me like we should be so on fire about this good news that we have to share and while we tend to talk about politics and religion like it's negative and polarizing you never know who may be out there desperately waiting for truth desperately waiting maybe they're seeing their news and they're seeing war and they're seeing um people arguing and they're seeing all these things and they're like i don't even know like i don't even know whether or not they're a christian But just coming down to um, that longing for truth, like, I don't even know what to think about this. I don't know what to do. This is all so hard. They may be waiting for someone like you to explain, this is why we believe what we believe. This is the truth in that. So you might be, um, and something else Beth and I were saying is, yeah, it's normal to feel like you're going to make people uncomfortable, especially if you get into like street preaching and going up to people, you know, wherever, it's normal that you might feel uncomfortable. And I, I'm not the most social person out there, like I would be uncomfortable, like just going up to people and talking to them about this stuff. But then uh, one of my mentors was like, do you think Paul worried about making people uncomfortable? Do you think Paul worried about being nervous? And I was like, okay, I get it. Gotcha. Like, thank you. But somebody may be waiting for somebody exactly like you to be strong and take a stance. So Oh my gosh, that is insane. That's my actual last point. I'm done now. <laughs> oh my- <laughs> I love that. No, I think that is a great
0: point to end on. I love that. Yep. You when you realize that the Bible and politics are connected, um, you never know who is waiting to get the answers that the gospel has for them, that the Bible has for them. Oh my gosh. I I cannot I, yeah, we're ending on that. That was the best thing ever. I Okay, good. I'm glad <laughs> I never heard that. I didn't know about that.
1: Oh, that's so good. I mean, I think that's a wrap. I think we're Yeah, good. that is a wrap on today's episode. We really hope that this inspired you as well that maybe you were getting fired up along with us uh i hope that if you've been intimidated or nervous by this topic of politics should you be interested in it i hope you're able to just plant a little seed of interest like we said go back to the beginning of this episode in our community news to hear the resources again that we list um our dms and email are always 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 open to questions that you may have um, about these topics so you can reach out to us there and if you even want to be on the podcast to discuss some of these we most
0: love (laughs) having these conversations whether you agree or slightly agree or completely disagree we crave these conversations with other people not even arguments just just conversations and debates we love that Um, And so you can find us on Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast. DM us, comment, whatever you want. And as always, if you have topics you want to hear from us, just DM us or email us at podcast at gmail.com.
1: All right, guys. We will see you all next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.